When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Hello listeners, I am Gabe Gonzalez and you're listening to the QWERTY Podcast, a brand new weekly show from QWERTY and Forever Dog where I will cover news, politics, and pop culture impacting the LGBTQ community and believe it or not, we got some good news to cover today. This is a, a rare and special occasion. Uh, we're going to talk about Jeremy O'Harris's interview with Tilda Swinton. Yes, it's as crazy as it sounds. The first openly trans person appointed to a cabinet-level position in U.S. history, and the gay icon who could replace a Confederate statue in Tennessee. We'll also be talking to an incredibly talented performer that terrible cooks live in perpetual fear of, Kalen Allen. Um, we are also really ridiculously excited to announce that the prestigious 2021 Queerty Award nominations are live on Queerty.com. The Queerties are an annual award show that honor excellence in queer life, media, and entertainment. So go online right now to www.queerty.com slash Queerties 2021, Q-U-E-E-R-T-I-E-S 2021, to vote for your favorites today. And you know we'll be reviewing the nominees right here on the QWERTY podcast every week. So uh, check in to see who we're talking about and what we're loving this year. All right, with that, let's dive in uh, to some exciting headlines and a little segment we're calling Catch Her Up. We're going to go over five headlines that uh, we think you should know about over here at QWERTY. Uh, starting us off, Joe Biden has selected Rachel Levine to serve as assistant health secretary, making her the first openly trans person to be appointed to a cabinet level federal position set to be approved by the Senate and the highest ranking trans person to serve in the U.S. government. So Dr. Levine's appointment is an important moment for trans visibility and also, you know, a breath of fresh air for people who want our public health officials to actually believe in science. She currently serves as a Pennsylvania Surgeon General, helping lead that state's fight against COVID-19, even as she's faced transphobic harassment from anti-maskers and Republicans in the state. It's also encouraging, though, to see the incoming administration pick a trans woman to help lead the Department of Health and Human Services after four years of that department being weaponized against queer and trans people, enacting policies that redefined gender to to mean sex at birth, rolling back LGBTQIA protections in the ACA, and allowing adoption organizations with homophobic or transphobic policies to receive federal funds. So, Dr. Levine's appointment is truly the gift that keeps on giving in many ways, on many levels, starting off with a little bit of good news this week. That said, while the Trump administration spent four years trying to insist on their own definition of gender, Tilda Swinton recently made headlines for spending a few seconds uh, using a rather expansive, although arguably less harmful definition of the word queer. Our next headline confused me a bit when I read it. Tilda Swinton talks about finding her queer circus. In a recent interview with writer Jeremy O'Harris that was featured in Vogue, Tilda Swinton talked about what she calls her queer circle of friends, her queer circus, saying, I'm very clear that queer is actually for me anyway to do with the sensibility. I always felt I was queer. I was just looking for my queer circus and I found it. Now I have a family with Wes Anderson. I have a family with Bong Joon-ho. I have a family with Jim Jarmusch. I have a family with Luca Guadagnino. 
Nino. And look, I am not here to argue with one's personal definition of a word. I I love language that is constantly evolving. But I need a little context here because for about 10 seconds, I thought she was telling me Bong Joon-ho was gay. They were the most confusing and exhilarating 10 seconds of my life, though. I don't know. She's British. Maybe she just meant she's friends with a lot of weirdos. I can relate to that, too. Uh, but definitely an interview worth a read. Uh, two really exciting celebrity figures artists uh, that I love seeing come together. Uh, speaking of confusing and exhilarating, though, Lady Gaga sang the national anthem at the inauguration this week, tossing the word or into the stratosphere. And apparently Donald Trump was pretty mad about it, uh, even before she sang. Apparently Trump spent his last few days in office complaining about how many celebrities were willing to join the new president at Wednesday's inauguration. And to be honest, I can't blame him because the only acts he could book were Toby Keith and Three Doors Down. Like, that's the kind of soundtrack I expect in a dentist's waiting room, not at an historic celebration. You know what I mean? That's like waiting in line at the store with your mom music. That's not exciting. Caitlyn Jenner says the trans community doesn't support her because she's not a sex worker. So during a podcast interview, uh, Jenner responded to a question about whether she felt accepted by Hollywood after coming out as trans by saying she felt the trans community was most critical of her. She explained that her being white or successful meant she couldn't be, quote, a spokesperson for the community. You didn't live in the gutter and 25% of all prostitutes are trans women. You didn't go hooking for a living and this and that. So you don't understand. You don't understand. End quote. This is her sort of paraphrasing her critics. Uh, Besides being an explanation that conveniently leaves out her coming out against gay marriage in 2015 and campaigning for Donald Trump, she somehow dragged Elliot Page into it as well, saying the trans community's acceptance of Page showed a double standard, but as far as I know, Elliot Page is also very white and successful. I think the only difference here is that they're not a jerk sometimes, so maybe there's the difference. Uh, as we bid adieu to the administration so beloved by Caitlyn Jenner, though, cities around the world are also saying goodbye to Confederate symbols and statues. One of those cities, Nashville, Tennessee, could replace a Confederate statue that was once at the nation's capital with one honoring Dolly Parton. This is another bit of good news to bookend our segment here, right? I like this. So this is technically like two stories folded into one beautiful bouffant of a package. Uh, this year, a Tennessee lawmaker proposed building a statue of the country singer and beloved gay icon in Tennessee's state capital, The statue would be paid for by a fund that friends and fans could donate to, so taxpayers wouldn't be involved in paying for it. But in 2019, before this proposal was made, and after the Tennessee House voted to remove a statue commemorating a Confederate Army and KKK member, a Dolly Parton statue was also brought up to replace that one. And that replacement was even endorsed by a Republican. Apparently, that option is also still under consideration as well, and I say install them both. It's the least we can do to repay her for literally helping fund a coronavirus vaccine. Thank you, Dolly Parton. Iconic singer of the working class anthem 9 to 5. We love a critique of capitalism and country music. All right, those are our top headlines for the day. But before we bring in our guest, one final story we're calling the weird news piece of the day, a confounding, bizarre, hilarious, maybe discouraging piece of news that often defies all logic. And this week, that honor goes to a rabbi who said the COVID vaccine will make you gay. Uh, the official headline is exactly that. A rabbi says the COVID vaccine will make you gay. So an Orthodox rabbi in Israel took to his YouTube channel to make this claim. And look, I'm just, I'm just going to need homophobic conservatives of all religious backgrounds to pick a cause. You know what I mean? One week it's, it's lesbians on TV. The next week it's a life-saving vaccine. Just pick one thing you think is making us gay and stick to that lane. All right. I just need a little consistency. And honestly, if like the whole world is trying this hard to make you gay, 
maybe it's a sign at this point, babe. Just like listen to the universe. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, Lil Nas X retweeted Queerty's coverage of the story with an appropriately absurd and uh, somewhat trolly response to this claim featuring an image of him before and after having reportedly taken that vaccine. So that was a lot of fun. You should check that out. Now, though, sounds like a good enough time to bring in our guest uh, on that conversation. There's a lot to unpack there, and I want to hear about uh, from someone else on this story. Uh, but I am also very excited to hear about our guests themselves. Today, we're talking to a performer you have seen on TV, you have definitely seen online, and you can spot most recently in the HBO movie American Pickle starring Seth Rogen or on his recent Christmas album, For Christmas Sake. And yes, December was just a few weeks ago. That was a recent release, okay? Please welcome to the Queerty Pod. Kaylin Allen. Kaylin, how you doing? <laughs> Hello there, Gabe. How are you? I love your voice. It gives very voiceover artists. Oh, thank you. You too. I was, okay, so Deep Dark Secret. I okay. used to work in radio as a teenager. I was a Radio Disney kid caster. Ah, were you really? <laughs> I was obsessed with Radio Disney growing up. I loved it. I got the early Demi Lovato tracks ahead of time. Get Period. those leaks. You know, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I gotta say, I love your voice too, though. When you first joined us on the call, you have this just, uh, I don't know, bright, booming voice. And I was like, that that's the diaphragm of someone with theatrical training. It's true. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I, I do have my degree in theater, so I'm glad that you are acknowledging it. Because, <laughs> you know, a lot of people just like to stick me to reacting to foods, and I'm always like, honey, I have training. Don't count me out so soon. No, she's multi-talented, all right? We that got, part. We've got a quadruple threat artist on our hands. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, you know, I want to, we just went over all those headlines. And obviously, I want to talk about you, but I'm wondering if any of those stories stood out to you. Is there anything there you were like, okay, wait, we got to, we got to talk about this? Oh, I mean, there was a lot that was very uh, interesting. Uh, I I definitely agree with the whole, you know, if everything is turning as gay, maybe you should listen to the universe, honey, because that seems like a personal problem. That seems like something within your spirit is guiding you to one side of the spectrum. So maybe you should listen to it instead of fighting. Oh, there's a cat in the background. Oh, yes. This is my little cat. Her name is Hayuja. I named her after a, a town in Puerto Rico. That is so cute. I love it. But yes, I also found the the Caitlyn Jenner story to be interesting. But we gonna we gonna leave that one alone. We gonna let her right. Have yeah, that. we're gonna okay. we are pa- we, we are past the inauguration. It is a new yes. administration. We're exactly. getting a clean slate here. Okay. Okay. Everything At in the past, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I don't <laughs> see it. It doesn't exist to me. I don't know her. So Caitlyn, you you mentioned this uh, a little bit ago. A lot of people know you for your food reaction videos, and they are mm-hmm. hilarious. Right. That's that's become sort of like your internet brand. But you've done so many projects lately, and you also talked about your own training. So I would love for you to tell me, before you became uh, the YouTube sensation that home cooks lived in fear of, but also in adulation of, uh, what what were you doing? What were your aspirations? You strike me as such a performer and entertainer at heart. Mm-hmm. Were you like, okay, I'm going to get on YouTube and find my shtick, or was that like a kind of a winding journey? <laughs> No, all that isn't that was an accident. Like yeah. that all just happened by chance. Uh-huh. But before I was attending Temple University in Philadelphia, where I was studying uh, theater and film with a concentration in acting. So you're right. I do have theater background. I've done over maybe 50 plays and musicals. So the original plan was to go to grad school and continue my acting training. And actually, the week that I moved to Los Angeles, I actually had an audition at Juilliard for... <gasps> For grad school that I canceled because I decided to move to Hollywood. So, yeah, yeah, we definitely did a whole 360 to do something very 
totally different and unexpected and yeah it just happened it just it, it blew up and it became a thing and i was like well i guess i gotta continue it and so that's now the life that i live yes i love that like you said when the universe is sending you a sign you gotta follow it right okay when that yes. door opens baby i was like you mean i don't have to be poor no more <laughs> oh we going that way baby seriously truly it was oh man that is yeah that's when you find that thing that gig that's going to get you through. That's major. That's always. Yes. All right. So you are, so you're out in LA right now. You're making moves. You're doing things. You're all, you're all over. You're in films. You're making, uh, making albums. But I do want to ask, I, okay. I've stopped asking people, how are you? And instead I've started asking, uh, how are you getting through it? So during this pandemic stuck at home, you're obviously productive and you are on media, but I want to know what are some things that you are watching, listening to cooking yourself that have become like, staples or just things that you really appreciate these days well one i'm a lot better now than i was in 2020 2020 baby Mm -hmm. caitlin was in bikini bottom okay you know (laughs) rock bottom yeah that's where i was but now i think i've I've figured out a system i figured out what works for me also i'm not working as much you know Mm -hmm. i mean like this interview is probably the only second thing that i've done this week and i'm obsessed and i'm loving that you know that balance yeah. uh now what i've been watching i have been right now i'm watching the queen's gambit because mm-hmm. i i'm i hadn't seen it so i just started it yesterday but no you know what let me pull up my chair because we need to talk about this one. <laughs> bridgerton that honeymoon scene i burn for you that licking of the spoon baby listen here I ain't never had a celebrity crush, <laughs> but I think I think his name is Regine or something like or Regizon, something like that. He played the Duke of Hastings, baby. He ain't got to worry about uh, having no kids with me because he can have all of me. That man is so damn fine, baby. <laughs> Woo! Oh, I I that truly encapsulates the best of Bridgerton. That's really that's all oh. you need to know. There's your recap. <laughs> it's brilliant. I need to watch it again. It's so good. It's wild. It's a wild. So I, I will be honest. I just started. I've only started okay. the pilot, but I've obviously I've gotten a ton of spoilers. I oh. just love um this vibe, this sort of like Regency England vibe. Oh. It's giving me a lot of like Brandy Cinderella. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I just yes. like this this period that you think of as such a whitewashed period, and just bringing in actors of color, bringing a sort of modern mm-hmm. perspective to the story. It's really. Mm-hmm refreshing to see a creative fictional project like that just be like you know what let's just like imagine the world a little differently and a little more fun right i'm here i mean i watched i watched it all in one day (gasps) i started in the morning and i watched it all day long until i finished it oh my god that's incredible that's obsessed i've definitely done that with a few shows this pandemic that's definitely (laughs) happened with me uh that was search party season three of search party that i was late on um, I started watching Kim's Convenience on Netflix, which is super sweet. It's such a okay. sweet little sitcom. Oh, yes, it's yes. Great. That was a, it was a Canadian show, wasn't it, yeah. first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I saw that. Yeah. But just so many things that I wouldn't, like you said, it's like I wouldn't have had the time if I weren't forced to be on my couch right now. And I'm really right. lucky that I can survive and find some time on my couch. But it has been stressful. And these mm-hmm. things have been helpful for getting through it, right? Oh, I've absolutely loved it. I think... I think the ability to now realize what I had a hard time was reprogram- reprogramming my mind to tell myself that I had time, mm-hmm. that I didn't need to work 
24-7 and trying to fill up that time. I think I experienced a lot of anxiety at the beginning of the pandemic because I just felt like I should be working. I should be doing right. something. I'm so used to going, 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 going. What am I supposed to do with this stillness? And now I've gotten comfortable with the stillness. And now I'm like, nope, I don't want to do anything. I only want to do what I got to do. Anything <laughs> extra, you can keep it. I love that, though, because it really for- it forces you to prioritize, right? You're like, yes. okay, if I don't love this, then why make time for it, right? Exactly. And sort of having the ability to, to make that yeah, distinction is – it's crucial right now. Yeah, you got to find those silver linings for sure. Yeah. Obviously, we got to talk about food. Are uh-huh. there any dishes that you have discovered? Any Like, I have – my whole diet and what I'm doing in the kitchen has changed during the pandemic. Have you, has this pandemic transformed uh, your time in the kitchen? Okay, 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 okay. I'm glad you asked this question, darling. So, <laughs> we're getting into Bridgerton mode here. How has the so, pandemic treated your you know, it, culinary okay, it's, exploits? It's, it's, it's very much a mixture between Bridgerton and a little bit of Mariah Carey. You know? <laughs> but, uh, okay, so I'm trying to get thicker than the snicker, right? <gasps> So I have been eating three times a day. I count my calories, baby. Yesterday I hit four thousand calories. I said y'all can't tell me nothing, okay? Listen, because you know I'm a, my my waist is a twenty eight, which I want to I want to stay at a twenty eight. <laughs> but but I want the rest of my body to get thicker. You know my goal weight is one hundred and ninety pounds. So I have been cooking nonstop. Like, that's all I do is cook, 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 cook. But the one thing that I have been enjoying the most are Brussels sprouts. <gasps> now, I had Tabitha Brown come on and she taught me about Brussels sprouts and stuff like that because I'm not a big fan of vegetables. Mm-hmm. Baby, I make the best Brussels sprouts. They'll change your life. They'll change your, I could just eat them by themselves, just a whole plate. Stop. Oh, my. Well, that's the thing. You kind of have to, you have to discover the way to cook them, right? Like, yep. my little sister gave me an air fryer for Christmas, and I was like, oh, this is so, hey, no, it was really sweet, and I had no idea. Like, it really scared me the first time I turned it on. I had never worked with it, and I was like, what am I doing? And she was <laughs> like, here's a recipe for broccoli in it. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, fine. I No joke. Like, I, I found the way to eat broccoli. I'm making broccoli for fun to snack. It's wild. It's changed my life. You know, I had a bad experience with broccoli in preschool, and I never went back. Oh, no. Wait, can I ask? Would it be too traumatic? <laughs> no. It was like, I remember I was in preschool. This is how I know it was that traumatic, because I remember it. I was three years old, and they brought me the broccoli, and it had cheese on it. And I remember actually gagging. And anytime I think about it now, I have that same feeling, and I just will not touch broccoli. I don't like the texture. That's what it is. And so I actually, what I did was I had to pull out my juicer. And so now I've started juicing because what I realized is that, baby, I don't think vegetables are in my ministry, okay? I don't think that's a part of my life. And and I was like, so the only way I'm going to get my vegetable nutrients is if I juice them. So, baby, I, I made a beet juice the other day, slamming. Oh, my God, I love that. Can we talk about the horrifying day after you've drunken beet juice and forgotten, though, and you go pee? Does that happen to you? Do you forget? Now, okay, somebody <laughs> told me that was going to happen, right? But that didn't happen to mine. Oh, really? Okay, because it's there have been so many mornings I've woken up and been like, okay, Gabe, like, did you have beet juice or do we need to go to the mm. doctor? Like, what's oh. happening? <laughs> well, maybe I diluted it with water. Yeah. I think that could have been. Is that I drank so much water uh, that it, like, diluted the beet juice. That's yeah. probably more accurate. That's probably what happened. Well, Kaylin, we're going to take a quick little break here, and we will be back to talk uh, more with you about food, drag race, Dolly Parton, everything. All right? I can't wait to hear All right. about it. All right. <laughs> 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back with Kaylin Allen on the Queerty Podcast. I am your host, Gabe Gonzalez. And Kaylin, I want to, I've got to ask you, so this isn't a Drag Race podcast, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Drag Race is everywhere these past few weeks it was like new year rupaul said you're getting eight thousand episodes of everything all over do you watch are you a fan are you keeping up to date that's that's the first question so, I got for you okay okay so i have only seen one season of drag race uh-huh. and that was all stars with monique hart <gasps> and manila and all them which i'm friends with them as well but i do know of the queens so like I know like Shay Coulee, I'm mm-hmm. friends with Shangela. I know uh, uh Morgan McMichaels. Like I know Kennedy Davenport. Like I know of them and I know who they are. But do I watch it religiously? No. And I think the reason is is because I actually love Drag Race, mm-hmm. but I'm also really better watching TV. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason is is because when growing up, you know, it used to come on Logo, right? Well. My Kansas City home didn't have logo in the cable <laughs> subscription. So my gay ass wasn't watching RuPaul's Drag Race. So by the time RuPaul's Drag Race had moved over to VH1, I was like already so like older and already watching like stuff like Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder yes. that I wasn't like, oh, well, let me go watch RuPaul's Drag Race now. You know, right. I also don't watch a lot of reality TV. Yeah. No, same, honestly, though. And it's so funny. So many of these logo shows, Noah's Ark, RuPaul's Drag Race, I discovered this stuff in college mm. where, like, my friends would, like, illegally download things. Uh-huh. LimeWire. Right? Yeah. And then they'd be like, here's this incredible TV. And I'm like, I know this is illegal, but if not for this, I would never have seen this show. Like, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And I do, you know, I I, I want to ask about one more uh, iconic thing we did talk about earlier in the show. I wanted to get your uh-huh. feedback on before uh-huh. we go down memory lane too much. Um, I... I'm still learning so much about Dolly Parton, and I love the idea of a Dolly Parton statue in Nashville or anywhere. If you were like a legislator in in your home state, you can pick mm-hmm. the state you're living in or your home state. If you were a legislator, what like pop diva or iconic person from history would you be like, all right, we're knocking down the KKK member and we're putting up this icon? I would probably have to say Dorothy Dandridge. Oh, I love that. Talk to me about why. That's a really great choice. I think I would say Dorothy Dandridge because, you know, everybody gives Marilyn Monroe a lot of the attention and stuff like that, you know. But I think there are a lot of black artists and specifically cultural phenomenons that Mm -hmm. created a lot of the culture that we have today that get overlooked, you know, and, and they get lost like very like hidden figures you know yeah. and so i think it's, it's important to acknowledge the work that they do and the and, and what they added to society you know personally that's what i think i love that just finding an iconic figure from the past have you watched lovecraft country i have oh talk to me about that because that now, was one of my favorite yeah that's some quality 
television right there. I mean, the history, specifically the episode where they talk about like the Tulsa massacre, mm -hmm. you know, we get very picky and choosy about the history that we tell and the way that we tell it and the people that we include in the telling, you know, we, we very much, especially specifically when it comes to black history, we limit it to um, slavery and Jim Crow. And that's it. You know, it's like, that's the only thing. All you know is that there was separate interests. There was a bus boycott and, you know, like specific people, but it doesn't go any further than that. And I think that's why I also, cause I've always had a very hard relationship when it came to pride, mm -hmm. you know, because pride happened for a specific reason in retaliation to a certain treatment that I feel like gets overlooked. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think a lot of times pride just becomes let's just go get drunk and having fun and not realizing the the real purpose of it, you know, and, and, and not acknowledging the Stonewall riots of it all. And that's why I get very specific when people try to talk about uh, gay people who are more on the feminine side, because I'm like, well, if it wasn't for feminine gays, sweetheart, you wouldn't have the rights that you have today. OK, so I think it's very important that if you're going to tell history, make sure you tell all of it, the good, yeah. the bad, the ugly, read between the lines, give it all and educate yourself and don't wait for other people to educate you. That's such a good way of uh, of putting it, um, you know, kind of owning that history and rather than erasing the difficulties, um, embracing them and thinking about how to do better. You know, I yeah. I think back to the uh, inauguration on Wednesday and uh, the poet who spoke, Amanda Gorman, um, mm. just a really beautiful, hopeful words about mm. what can be done better, but also living in, in that past, right? And owning it and understanding uh, the implications of it, truly. Oh, I mean, just by you saying... Uh... I was so emotional the entire time. Um, just the the mere fact that there is a black and South Asian woman as the first vice president of the United States of America. That alone, just like, that affected me on a different level than Barack Obama's inauguration affected me. The idea that that, it, for one, it was already not believed that it would be able to be happening that we would have a woman in that, in that state of power, but to have a black woman that is also South Asian in that seat of power is astonishing to me. And the fact that it took all of the chaos that we had to experience for us to even get to that point mm -hmm. is breathtaking to watch Michelle Obama and Kamala Harris greet each other on the Capitol. When just a couple of weeks ago, the Capitol was under siege. Right. <laughs> and to see that power statement and to see Michelle Obama's bang doing the best life it could give. 
<laughs> I just, I, it, it really helps you believe that anything is possible, that you can be anything that you want to be. And that's why people don't understand the importance of representation, because when you have always seen yourself on camera okay. or in front of the screens, you don't understand what it's like to never see that. When people would ask me, who did I look up to or who did I believe in or who did I think was my mentor? I didn't have anybody. There was no one to say, oh, well, that's who I can be. And that's why I said, well, and that's what, when you talk about all these different projects that I've done, you know, when easily I could have just said, well, all I'm going to do is react to food because it gives me a nice <laughs> little check. I Everything that I do is for the purpose of representation and visibility. Mm-hmm. I was always only told of my limitations and not my endless possibilities. So if that means I have to take a leap of faith and I have to do things that I've never done before in order to pave the way and to open up the doors for other people that look like me, that don't believe that they can be who I am or where I am today, then I will do that. I will give every ounce of my being to make sure that I ensure that. And that's why I think that we are really entering into a new dawning and a new age. And I'm very excited to see the new what life is after all of this, Mm -hmm. how we come back, how we recover, because I don't think anybody within this entire pandemic will come out of this unchanged. That's so, that's such a good point. First of all, that was so beautiful. Thank you for just sharing that, that moment of honesty. Cause it, it is, you know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, representation, visibility, it's not enough and it's not, but it is such an important first step to open the door to what's possible, yes. to show yes. new perspectives, new people. And and you're right. I think we can't just go back to normal after this. We have to be bold and, and envision a future that truly does treat everybody in this country equitably, not just saying it does, right? Yes. And that takes hard work and that takes introspection and, and looking and listening, right? Um, yes. Thank you so much. Oh, that's so beautiful. Great things oh, to think course. on. A little bit of good news this week, right? Oh, don't we love it? We do. All right. So now, after that very thoughtful and insightful and vulnerable moment, I am going to play the dumbest game uh, on this podcast, the silliest, most ridiculous game I can come up with. And I'm, ready. I, I'm hoping you'll play it along with me. All right. Okay. Okay. So this is a game I, I, I'm hoping to play with every guest. We're going to get some games in rotation here. But last week, we played it with Joel Kim Booster. Uh, it is called... Let me get you canceled, okay? And it's okay, not as scary okay. as it sounds. So usually, <laughs> the way we usually play this game is we introduce a terrible take from the week, an op-ed, a quote, a, a tweet, and we make our guests defend it very sarcastically, right? Okay. But today, we want to ask you not to defend a take, but a terrible recipe. We're going to have you okay. defend a recipe that you have previously told the world is terrible, and you're going to give us five reasons why it's actually good, Okay. Okay. Can you do this? So here's the thing. I want to let you choose a recipe. I have oh. some suggestions. Okay. Uh, I just think it would be really fun to, 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 instead of making you defend a bad idea, make you defend a bad recipe. Um, okay. So okay. things that come to mind for me are obviously uh, the flavorless mac and cheese. My mom sent me that video like three different times forgetting she had sent it to me. And she was like, <laughs> LOL, gringos don't know how to season their food. And I was like, you're not wrong. Um <laughs> The other uh, thing that comes to mind is the apple Twix salad or this this man making a potato mush out of Lay's that you posted on your Twitter. 
Just so many horrifying things. But if there's a horrifying recipe that sticks out to you, we're going to give you 60 seconds to give us five reasons why it was actually good. And and I can okay. even pull it up and play it for you if you'd like. We can watch it. I, oh, I remember them. Oh, you remember them. Okay. All right. So, okay. uh, Kaylin Allen, we're going to play a little game called Let Me Get You Cancelled. And today you are defending a terrible dish instead of a terrible idea. And that dish is... The the Lay's potato chip mashed potatoes. Okay, this is horrifying. Please go find it on Kaylin's Twitter if you have not seen it yet. Feel free to pause now. Watch this. He tears it apart beautifully and gently. Uh, and now he's going to defend it. All right, so I will count down five reasons. Uh, you've got about 60 seconds, but we're flexible on the timing. <laughs> okay. Okay, number one, it's a struggle meal. So I understand you got to do what you got to do with what you can get. And if the Dollar Tree Lay's potato chips is all that you can afford, baby, then do what you need to do with that. Second of all... Um, I understand it's a potato. Potatoes is potatoes. Just because this one been fried doesn't mean that you can't use this to make it into no mush, okay? Third of all, uh, paprika don't have no taste. So guess what? It's still gonna taste like a potato chip, even though it's all mushed up. Number four. Uh, let me think, let me think, let me think. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, number four. It's hard thinking of good things about this. Uh, number four. You know what? I'm not judging nobody's taste buds. If he like it, then I love it. Number five. I didn't have a problem all... Well, I had a problem with the food, but my biggest problem was with the kitchen. Okay, because the kitchen was dirty. He was barefoot. He needed to clean the kitchen. That was my problem with it. Not so much the food. Oh, thank you so much, Kaylin Allen. Hopefully the internet will not be furious about your defense of this Lay's potato chip mush with vinegar in a dirty kitchen. It was so horrible. So filthy. You were right about that kitchen, though. You were right. That was like it was filthy. That was dirtier than a college dorm. No, man. Okay, uh-uh. I said I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That's why you can't eat at everybody's house. Okay, when I cook and and people want to come over, when I did a, a Thanksgiving uh, two years ago. I said, do not bring anything. I will do all the cooking because I don't know what your house look like and everybody ain't clean, baby. Okay? No, ma'am. I have hand washed a cup at someone else's house because I didn't trust the job they were doing. I just took the soap and the cup with me into the bathroom just so they wouldn't get offended. Baby, I'm really glad I'm not the do. only one. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Kaylin. Um, I, I am going to ask you about your socials and bid you would do soon. But before we let you go... We've got a very exciting and exclusive announcement we teased at the beginning of the show. We've got the QWERTY Award nominations. They are live right now, and everybody yes. can go vote for their favorite nominees at QWERTY.com slash QWERTYS2021. Today, I want to go over a couple of the categories with you, and you okay. can tell me which nominees you're loving this year. All right? Does that sound okay. cool? Right, yeah. Great. Um, clearly, I have no sway in this decision making, um, so you can be be free with me. All right? Okay. <laughs> All right, so first uh, category we've got is TV series. It looks like there are 10 nominees here. We've got Ratched, We're Here, Love, Victor, Equal, P-Valley, Hightown, Star Trek Discovery, Veneno, Legendary, and Schitt's Creek as the 10th nominee. Which of those, I know you're not a big TV watcher, but... It sounds like, you know, is there a Bridgerton among them for you? <laughs> Veneno. Veneno, I love that you love, right? Oh, yes. that show is the moment. Absolutely. I think it's brilliant. You know, it was, I was actually confused the first episode. I was like, wait a minute. Are we time traveling? Are we going back and forth? And then, and, and listen, when I turned it on, they were speaking in English. <laughs> and I was like, this don't match, baby. When I tell you I switched it to uh, Spanish and I just read the subtitles, I said, no, I want to watch this the way it was meant to be watched. 
It is so much better. And I, I just wish, you know, there's some slang words that obviously the subtitles can never capture. Mm. But it's so beautiful. You know, the way kind of like queer uh, language and vernacular has kind of been created in this country through a subculture. It's very similar yeah. in, in a country like Spain. And so there's so many particular phrases where I'm like, oh, my God, I've never heard that before in either language. I love this. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I've got to say, I think Veneno is like maybe the the one there for me it's just such a beautifully told story um you know i did love schitt's creek i haven't seen p valley yet um and i love star trek discovery wilson cruz in that is just such yes. a heartthrob i like i like p valley i have never seen schitt's creek mm-hmm. um and i liked ratchet but it is just okay to me yeah I didn't catch that one either. All right, we got to catch up on TV, right? I'm going to make yeah. a watch list for you. You make one for me. I'm finishing uh, We could just do a watch party. We could just do a Netflix watch party. Yes. All right, just I'm do down. It. Oh, I'm so down. Okay, perfect. <laughs> All right, so those are our picks for TV. Next, we've got best performance on TV. Um, so, again, 10 nominees here. We've got Samira Wiley for Equal, Jeremy Pope for Hollywood, Haley Sahar for Equal, Nico Anon for P-Valley, Lola Rodriguez for Veneno. We've got Jedet, Daniela Santiago, and Isabel Torres, who play Veneno uh, throughout uh, different years, all nominated in one, also for Veneno. We've got Gillian Anderson in The Crown. That was a wild accent. We got Sarah Paulson in Ratched. We've got John Early in Search Party. And we've got Jonica Gibbs for 20s. Okay. Uh, do any of those stand out to you, or are there some faves among them? You know, I'm biased, so I got to give it to my home skillet biscuit, Jeremy Pope. I yes! think Jeremy is an absolute force. I think he is amazing. I, uh, well, I met Jeremy when he did Choir Boy on Broadway. Oh, wow. And he was amazing. And I, I think he is such an important figure within our community. Oh, so handsome, so talented. Loved him in Hollywood. Yeah, that's one fine um, man, too. Truly, yeah. I haven't seen Equal yet, but I'm really excited. Particularly, yeah, uh, the, the role Halle Sahar plays is uh, based on a real uh, event that happened, happened called the Compton's Cafeteria Riot that happened like three years before Stonewall. Nobody knows about. Uh, I mean, people know about, but barely anyone talks about. So I've got to see that show. I'm really excited. I love the three Venenos. They're like... I want to see them playing the three witches in Macbeth. Like, tell me my life story. Tell me when I'm going to die. Yes. Just take me. I'm happy. Yes. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So shouts out to Jeremy Pope, Jedet, Daniela Santiago, and Isabel Torres. We have got one more category Ooh, here. I like that accent. Oh, I know. Do that again. Do that again. <laughs> I can't be like Isabel Torres. Like, it just feels wrong to me. You know what I mean? Like, we got to be like Isabel Torres. Period. Roll that R, right? Yes. I'm saying it the way it's meant to be said. I love it. (laughs) All right, we've got the last category. Uh, This one's pretty major, although they they all have been. We've got drag royalty here. Okay. All right. Kings, queens, all the royalty in between. So the 10 uh, people nominated here are Aquaria. We've got Shea Coulee. We got Raven. We've got Peppermint. Ugh. We got Landon Sider, um, who's a drag queen uh, who has competed uh, on a television show hosted by the Boulay Brothers. Very interesting uh, competitor there. We've got Bitch Puddin. We got Dina Martina, old school comedy queen, been to her Christmas special. We got Jada Essence Hall. We've got Jinx Monsoon. And we've got Darcy Drollinger. Do any of those uh, names spark joy? I got to give it to Shay. Right. I got to give it to Shay Coulee. I mean, Shay Coulee was in... Um... 
uh, Shea was <laughs> sorry. There was a military helicopter above my apartment. I was like, "What is going on outside?" Leave that uh, in 2020. No okay. more. Yeah. No, ma'am. Uh, Shea Coulee, I mean, she did the the Fenty fashion show. Mm-hmm. Like Shea Coulee is breaking the barrier. You know, there are some drag queens that move into mainstream. Mm-hmm. That it's not necessarily still drag. Like it's like you just accept them as that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like RuPaul was able to break down mainstream you know right. i think shangela broke down mainstream shay coulee mm-hmm. broke down mainstream you know Alyssa edwards like all those people so definitely shay coulee oh i love that i mean i have got to give it to shay coulee spoiler alert for all-star season five if you haven't watched it yet but shay coulee just uh ate the shit out of that show it ate was it on a- up. unquestionably undeniable and i'm an old school jujube fan i love her but I, the moment Shikule walked in the room, I was like, this is yours. You know it's yours. And the mm-hmm. way you've shown us, it's uh, – and uh, just all their work outside of Drag Race as well. Um, yeah. They've been so involved in uplifting uh, other black drag queens and performers in Chicago. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just Shikule has been the conduit for me to get yeah. to know more about so many incredible drag performers that I wouldn't have otherwise. So I think, like, anybody using their platform in that way – Drag royalty for life for me. Amen. Beautiful. Truly. All right. Um, well, those are the categories we are unveiling today. Thank you so much for your feedback, Kaylin. And as a reminder, listeners, you can cast your vote right now for these categories and more at queerty.com slash queerties2021. That also means we are unfortunately at the end of the show. Thank you so much for coming on, Kaylin. I've really had of such course. a blast with you. This has been Thank so you. much fun. We bonded. We, we we found fellow speech nerds in each other. <laughs> we have been on stage and screen and we've talked about it. We both oh, have darling. our accents. With thespians. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Thespians at heart always. It's it's a pleasure to meet a fellow one. Um, and Kaylin, I, I want to know before we let you go, where can people find you? Uh, social media, recent projects, anything. What Where should people be heading to find more from you? Well, I make it very easy. Everybody can find me anywhere at the Kaylin Allen. I just hit a million followers on TikTok. I'm obsessed with TikTok. Oh, so come over there too. Yes. All right. You're hanging out with Gen Zers over there. Keeping you know it, baby. Keeping it young and fresh. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And you can find me on all social media using the handle Gaybones, G-A-Y-B-O-N-E-Z. It is a weird nickname from college that I never shook and now have to carry for the rest of my life. (laughs) Um, If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to support the Queerty Podcast. You can subscribe, rate, and review our show right now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can get your Queerty fix every day and read more about some of the headlines we discussed at Queerty.com. Thank you again, Kaylin. You've been such a blast. Of course. All right. And I am Gabe Gonzalez. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye, Queers. Queerty has been a joint production between Forever Dog and Q Digital. Queerty is hosted by Gabe Gonzalez, produced by Andrew McGuire, engineered by Shireen Lonnie Younes, music by Gabe Lopez, executive produced by Joe Cilio, Scott Gatz, John Halbach, Dan Tracer, and Melissa E.